So Bella was five at the time. She looks at the book, and um, it was it was strange for her that you know the the picture, the cover on the book. She was looking at it. She flips it, and then she looks at her mom and says, "Mama," very seriously, "Mama, why is mommy's picture in this book?" My daughter, well, mommy wrote the book. Put her on FaceTime. So she got on FaceTime with me, and then the first thing she told me was like, "Mommy." I am so proud of you. Obviously, I'm melted on the floor, like completely. And then she tells me, "Listen, the next book that you write, hello, welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so happy that you are here with us again today." My guest today is here to talk to us about leadership and happiness. So that's a combination we don't hear too often. I cannot wait to dig into it. Maria Aguirre is a best-selling and international award-winning author, speaker, and leadership mindset coach with a wealth of experience under her belt. With a remarkable 27-year career in corporate leadership, particularly in aerospace operations, Maria is now dedicated her time to sharing her insights and supporting aspiring leaders in fully embracing their purpose. Her mission is to assist them in discovering meaning and fulfillment in both their professional and personal lives, enabling them to consistently achieve high performance through self-leadership, effective team building, and impactful communication. Maria firmly believes that armed with the right tools, most leaders can accomplish profound connections with their teams and view their roles as important to positively influence others. I am so glad to have you here today, Maria. Welcome. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to be here with you and your audience. Oh, thank you. We are, I feel so lucky to have you here because to talk about leadership and purpose and joy, right? Those three things are not usually associated with one another. I mean, often people will say something like, oh yes, if you find your purpose, then you can be happy, then you'll know how to be happy or, right? But you don't see yourself in a leadership role, right? <laughs> in that moment. So I love that we're putting these three things together, right? Because yes. as as you know, and, and our listeners know, I am all about prioritizing joy so that we do the inner work and then we can really lead. But I loved our conversation that we had in preparation for this and cannot wait to hear your take on it. It's such a treat to be here. Thank you. And and this topic is so close to my heart that I, I just I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about how do we think about leadership in a way that aligns with purpose? So um, it's a tricky thing, right? Because um, some people uh, that I have conversations with, they tell me, well, Maria, I don't have a team. I'm not a leader. Every single one of us is a leader. And sometimes we try to downplay the importance of the role model that we serve in people's lives. You know, in parenthood and with our siblings, with our parents, with the people around us in our community, our friends, we are leading in a way or another, negatively or positively. In the work environment, there's a lot of um, 
disconnect between what leadership truly is. The way I see it is um, when you're leading a team, you have two different hats. I call it the tail of the two hats. You put the hat of the manager, then you're responsible for the business part, numbers, budgets, um, KPIs, all that good stuff. But when you take that hat off and you put the leadership hat on, your sole purpose in that job is to care for the people that you're being entrusted to lead. And um, leadership, purpose, joy to me is that service, that adding value to other people. And that that's why for me that concept of um, living in your purpose and serving in a way that um, adds value to other people brings joy to your life. Mm, I love that. I like that you're you're bringing out this concept of seeing people, right? Yes. That when we're in a leadership role, we're not just uh, making sure, you know, in accountability. We're not making sure that, oh yeah, did you do the job and was it a good job and all of that. But you're really talking about something much bigger about connecting on a level where you can really see someone in their full potential, even when they can't see themselves there yet. Right. Absolutely. And, and you see the essence of team building is relationship building. And to build that relationship, you really need trust. Right. And people when only trust you when you see them and when you hear them. Hmm. Yes. It's one of those big things. We all want to be seen, heard and understood. Right. Yes. Yes. And if you can, if you can tap into that for yourself, then your ability to do it with other people is really enhanced, isn't it? Absolutely. And, th and that's why I always said, you know, that leadership is an inside job. It starts with us first. You know, you have to do your, the work because you, you cannot give to others what you don't have. So I hear a lot uh, people say things like, I want to be a leader. They don't see themselves as a leader yet. I... Um, I want to know my purpose. I need to have my purpose in order to be a leader because otherwise, what am I leading, right? Can you talk to those those viewpoints a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that we're in this journey of exploration as human beings uh, and there's certain things that we need to go through to understand what is that we want, what is that we don't want. and you know, you have to start before you're ready. You're never going to have a roadmap with every single solution to every single problem. It's really trial and error like everything else in life. And I think that the beauty of it is just embracing failure. I love embracing failure because there are so many lessons that you learn in failure. And every time that I've made a mistake, uh, my growth has been tremendous and it has given me the stepping stones to reach that next level in which I succeed. So I would say to, to people that think that they need to have everything figured out before they can lead, you know, it, it's selfish because this world needs what you have to offer right now and you will develop as you go, you know, perfect your craft as you go, but perfection and, you know, an exact, Science is never going to be there. So you're never going to really step into what you've been called to do. What does it look like to be able to to help people step into what they've been called to do? It's such a great, 
uh, uh, image, right? Because it, for me, it really brings about the bird scenario. I don't, I don't know if uh, you've heard this, but you know, mama birds, they don't, they don't uh, help the baby birds. They go across and they start yelling at them. <laughs> and then the baby bird has to just come and they don't bring them food. <laughs> They're like, you got to figure this out. You have to figure it out. Right. And so I love that uh, idea of like, that's what calling feels like. That's what when you're called, you feel like, I don't know, I can hear it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to like, do I have wings? I don't even know how to flap these things. I saw the mama bird do it, but I don't think she's big. I don't think it's going to work for me, right? So there's all of this kind of nonsense going on in when we hear that calling uh, and stepping into that, like really leaning into that is such a, a beautiful, um, thing when people can really do it. I would love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, in, in everything, everything that is worth doing in life requires a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And we, we have overcomplicated things as we grow older. You know, the other day I was, I was actually talking with a friend about that and, when we're babies, right? I love that analogy because when we're babies, we see other people walking and we decide, okay, we're ready. We try, we are gonna fall down a million times and it doesn't matter. At no point we think, okay, I'm probably stupid. This thing of this walking thing is not really for me. I should just quit and crawl the rest of my life. No, we, you know, we may cry, we laugh sometimes, but we keep trying until one day we take off and walk. And as we grow up, we, we allow those limiting beliefs of other people are going to judge me. Other people are going to think that I'm not capable, that I'm not qualified. And we allowed all those fears to take control of the greatness that we have inside of us since the moment we were born. And so it requires a leap of faith. And I think that's a, a you know, in, in, when we have the, the honor really to be somebody's leader, we need to have the awareness that we need to allow them to make those mistakes, that trial and error process and, and help the people that we lead step into that bigger capacity that they have, but letting them know here, I'm shouldering you. I'm here with you. You know, we're going to try this together. If you fall down, I'm going to pick you up. Doesn't matter. I believe in you. And I think that the, I believe in you is so important and so overrated. I like that. I believe in you. It's a very different um, way of approaching leadership compared to sort of the the old guard, right? Of like very demanding. This is how you lead people. You tell them what to do. You get them to do it. You know, you tell them to fall into line when they're when they have needs that are getting in the way, right? Uh, <laughs> and so that that faith in the in the people who are helping you to serve the world, right? Because that's, that's really the team you're building, isn't it? It's like, we have a mission and that mission may be a piece inside of a corporation to be able to fulfill this portion of the larger mission. Or it may be in the case, like for instance, with me, I, I am, there, I am the I am the company, right? I am the only one. Uh, I've got people that help me, right? And those people who help me are allow me to 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 have that mission to be able to bring it into the world. 
I find that so many times when we are employees, right? When we are in a company, we feel like, ah, just a cog, doesn't matter if it's me, you know, could be anybody. I just have to take the widget from over here and put it over there. Even if our jobs are quite complicated, we don't necessarily have the ability to value ourselves without that vision of a leader, do we? Yeah, it becomes, you know, when, when we're used to doing the job, it becomes, oh, it's the norm, it's second nature. And it's up to the leader to really highlight those moments of greatness, those moments of, hey, amazing job, thank you. Thank you for what you did. You, 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 did, you went the extra mile. Thank you for that. And acknowledging the people because, and this is why the work that I do with leadership is so important to me. And it's, 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 I, I define it as my purpose is because we have become so accustomed to keep pushing people that we forget that we're dealing with human beings that have needs, as you mentioned, that have um, problems, issues, challenges, children, parents, life. And you really need to care about people. People require that you care in order for them to care for you. It's the law of reciprocity. It's not going to work the other way around. You cannot demand, demand, demand without first giving. And it's up to the leader to go to the team, to really open their arms, to really show them the way, to really build that trust and that relationship so the team can start performing at a higher level consistently because they know that, okay, this guy or this gal, they have my back, you know? And, and that builds loyalty. Hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in how happiness fits into that, right? When you were talking, I feel like I have so many examples in my life, in my long life <laughs> with lots of history, um, that, uh, that are of leaders who are willing to, yes, believe in you, but also to feel bad with you, right? To be, to allow you and the team to feel like, oh, it is true, we're downtrodden, but we've got to overcome. And that's a really different kind of leadership than one that can find any happiness. I mean, it's happiness is a long way from like, we're down, but we're going to get back up, right? The thing is that, honestly, happiness is a choice that we make every day, you know, and I read, I read something yesterday that it was, it was, um, it was probably something online on social media, but it, it said something along the lines that a ship doesn't sink because of the water around it. It sinks because of the water inside. And if we allow what's happening outside of us to come inside and start ruining or dampering what we're feeling, then, you know, we're just giving up. So to me, it's a choice. And I, the, the fact that I get to work with people, the fact that I get to serve this team, the, the fact that I get to have these challenges changes completely the, the perspective of how we approach um, the day-to-day, -day, the issues, the challenges, the opportunities. And it really shows the team, okay, that's the way we operate, right? Because the team looks at you and they're, they're reading your reactions, they're not only listening to what you're saying, but your body language, how you react, 
uh, in a moment of crisis, you know, are you are you panicking or can I trust that you have control Then I just need to follow your guidance. I need to be led by you because you know exactly how we're going to do this. Or even when you don't know, right, during during um, COVID, I think that there was so much uncertainty, but it's also been vulnerable enough to say, listen, I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I need you to trust me and we'll figure it out together. And have that vulnerability and that honesty saying, hey, you know, like, you know, as we were talking before, I've lived in Florida most of my life and I can handle any hurricane. No problem. Pandemic, first one in my life. So I wasn't sure. <laughs> but we keep leading with the honesty, with transparency and really with a heart for people. Yeah, that is that is such an important element, right? To be in an open hearted space yourself yeah and that requires a lot of emotional work right so we say it it's like whoa yeah where is that such an open-hearted person and people are like yeah yeah i want to figure out how to do that but the thing is that uh you know you you can't be carrying around all the scars from your past undealt with right so you got all these band-aids and bandages and suddenly there's no space for openness right because you're bandaged up here um so is there a is there a process uh that that our listeners can think about or can actually do to to help them to get from that space where maybe we've got a few wounds that we don't know how to deal with or at the very least we know we want to be a leader who leads with an open heart we know we want to be a leader who knows how to go in happy every day right and say hey we are something more magical than any of the individual parts and to mean it and believe it and to evidence it in the relationships how can we start how can our listeners start with that oh uh that that's a lengthy process um i've gone through and and i think it's it's really a work in progress i think that we will do that until the day we die Uh, because it's 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 always something that you need to work on things that pop up and you realize oh where where that come from hold on where that come from because that that that's that's not from right now that's from the past something happened and triggered that right so we always try to um, you know, we, we need to, to focus on, okay, where, where are my, my, my reactions coming from? Where are my fears coming from? I think a lot of self-awareness that that's personally what's been my biggest, um, weapon in, in conquering my fears and my self-doubt and my, my own limiting beliefs. It's been self-awareness of, okay, there may be bad, there may be pain, but there's also all this good. And really living with that and, and, and forgiving, letting go of things, you know, really thinking, uh, you know, what, what I what is that I can do with this, you know, and just let it go. I like that. That's really uh, leads you to a place where where we're talking about being present, isn't it? Being present. And also, I think that is part of forgiving ourselves for the things that we've done or the things that happened to us in the past that we allowed to happen to us because we didn't know better. And it's just probably going back and saying, you know, 20 year old Maria, I still love you. It doesn't matter that you did that wrong or 
this other thing wrong or that you made a mistake or you said that thing that you shouldn't have said. I still love you and you're part of me. Yeah, I was thinking the other day about uh, time traveling into your past. And this is a, this is a, um, a technique that many biofeedback uh, specialists use and I, I'm trained as a biofeedback specialist. And so to be able to do what you just said, right? To be able to go back to a moment is so powerful. And in my life, uh, I don't know why this popped into my head, but I really do think it's it's part of this conversation. In my life, there was a moment that I can remember very, very clearly where I was in a specific spot, I was having a specific thought, and uh, I can't even tell you what age I was, right? So the where it's located in time is less noticeable to me. And that moment was what I, there's one of those, what I call sticky moments, right? A moment that you remember what, even when you don't know why you remember things, right? Sometimes you remember something because it was traumatic or because it was wonderful. And so those, those moments stick out, but then every once in a while, you'll have this moment of peace, of quiet, of, of stillness that you can actually go back to and say, okay, this is the, this is the moment that I want to talk to you, that I want to tell you, like you said, 20 year old Maria, uh, this is how I feel about you. This is how you uh, shine in the world, right? And to be able to sort of work with those details uh, is so powerful, really powerful. You know, one thing that really saddens me is that People sometimes, you know, and this happens, for example, in a job interview, you know, when they ask you that infamous question, what is your biggest weakness? <laughs> and people proudly say, well, I'm a perfectionist. I think it's, overrated. it's terrible. It's, I, I'm a perfectionist in recovery, uh, self-proclaim. But um, we, we aim for this perfection. We aim for this flawlessness. And in, I, I think there's so much beauty in the mistakes, in the broken. Like I say, I embrace failure. I, you know, let's try something new. Like when I was a little girl and, you know, sometimes I ended up all banged up and <laughs> crying because I did something I shouldn't, but I was happy. I, I tried it and I didn't live with the what if. We, we sometimes forget that. That's a big thing when it comes to leadership, isn't it? To, to really say, I'm willing to leave nothing on the table to say what, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wonder what if I had sent that note to somebody. What if I had spoken when I was had that tiny opportunity? What if I? What if I didn't apologize for making a mess? Right? Because we all make messes. We all make messes. Uh, but what if I didn't find a way to 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 heal those relationships? That's those are such good. Uh, reminders of how do we become purposeful and how do we become leaders yes and and yeah it's it's so important right it's so important to really play all out you know what what if i fail yes but what if you succeed what if it's the greatest experience of your life that energy you're talking about of of being willing to to live kind of fearlessly that's very uh, attached to the sensation that many people feel that we call happiness, right? <laughs> we call it joy. When you feel that openness, that freedom, that spaciousness, 
of I reached for it. Even when I fail, I reached. I don't, the, the regrets I have in life, they are only the times I didn't reach, right? They are never the times I reached and failed. So let's talk a little bit about joy, about happiness. How can we put that in the mix? Well, to me, I'm joyful when I'm learning something, when I'm growing. I think it's, it's challenging myself, learning new things, exploring new things. It's, it's something that gives me a lot of joy. It's something that I think it makes me feel alive. And I think that's where I find my joy, right? Growing and, and maybe that's why I embrace, I embrace failure because I'm always trying new things and sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. But I get those badges of honor of, okay, I, I tried this different thing. And, you know, when I, when I published my first book, it was, there was a lot of self-doubt. I, I knew I needed to do it, and I knew that it was not going to let me live. It was going to torture me because it was inside of me and needed to come out. Like if you have a year's pregnancy, it needs to come out. That baby needs to come out. It was kind of like that. And when it was out, it wasn't perfect, but it was out. And I felt so much joy because I felt so proud of the growth that I went through that. It wasn't the, the object that the book is there. It was the process, the person that I became, and that gave me so much joy because I was always in movement. I was always creating and, um, yeah, growing, creating, that, that's where my joy is. Beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? I've published two books. The first one is The Square Peg Leader Delusion and is a, let me describe it as a field manual for leaders. I've had a 27 year career in leadership and everything that I wrote in that book is the good, the bad and the ugly that I've experienced, the mistakes that I made, how I figured out and how I have challenged the status quo on leadership because I think that we need to go back to seeing people for who they are. And the second is Tiny Person Mighty Leader, which is a children's book for leaders, for tiny leaders. And uh, I actually co-authored that one with Bella, my five-year-old granddaughter. This is uh, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I was like, you have to be on the podcast. You have to be on the podcast, right? Because we're always talking about how we want the youth to, to yes. be something, right? To yeah. lead, to allow themselves that freedom that maybe we, we cut ourselves off or we lived in a world that didn't encourage us to do that, right? And, and you have done it. You have done that. You have exemplified that and not only exemplified it for her, but included her in that journey. And to me, that is brilliant. It is brilliant and changes the world in a, in a massive way in one action, right? In that let's do this thing together. There is a story about how that book came. Would you be willing to tell it here? That's probably going to be my favorite story for the rest of my life. So I wrote that down diligently in my notebook and we discussed the characters and the story plot. She changed a couple of things that she didn't like and the book was published on June 1st. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Uh, you know, one of my favorite parts about, I mean, there's so many wonderful things about that story, but one of my 
favorite, two of my favorite things. All right, I'm gonna try to focus on one. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite things is that she saw something and said, I wanna be a part of that. She didn't say, oh, I, I think that's super cool. I am a little kid, right? <laughs> she said, hey, that's cool. I wanna do that, right? And, um, and the other piece of it that is so incredible and uh, inspiring is that she saw you for everything that you're good at. So, so here's this, like, I don't, I don't think that, that my grandmother does this, right? She, she doesn't write books, right? She sees that you write a book. It takes her no time at all to say, hey, I see you. I see you. You are an author. I want to help. I want to be a part of your mission. And that's, that's really a big part of leadership, right? Is both sides of that is being able to say, hey, I want to be a part of something. And also your part of it to be able to say to the people who say that to you, yes, your voice is important. Yes, Absolutely. collaboration is, is good. And I want part of it, right? It's so good. Thank, thank you. Thank you for bringing up the story. It, it's really, it, it's really a good one. <laughs> I like Yes. And I'm I so like glad it. it's out because yes. uh, when we last spoke, it was not yet out. Yes. So we will of course have the link on the page and I will of course be buying the book. Um, but I encourage everybody else to also go out and get your books, both of them. Um, and so tell us, I'd really like people to be able to get in touch with you, to be a part of your world, maybe even to utilize your coaching. Could you talk to us a little bit about how can people become part of your world? Well, my, my mission and, and ambition is crafted into the company I founded, which is, which is called Meaningful Leaders. So my website is MeaningfulLeaders.com. You can find me there. All my handles on social media are at Meaningful Leaders. And on LinkedIn, you can find me by my name, Maria Aguirre. And um, yeah, my coaching, I dedicate to leadership mindset coaching. I think it's so important to really unlearn certain things that we've learned and start learning new patterns, new things, and really tapping into that greatness that I, that I said earlier were every single one of us is born with because I think that every single person that we come in contact with deserves to have an encounter with an amazing leader. That's a world I like. Yeah. That's a world I can really see. And you and me both. Really, yeah. really yeah. beautiful. Such a beautiful dream and, and becoming reality. Yes. So thank you so much for coming here and sharing all of this with us today. I want to remind everybody that you can, as always, go to unbreakable.guide on your browser to get the guide to becoming unbreakable. Start with becoming unbreakable, resilient, right? Start with how do you do the inner work so that this world doesn't trigger everything for you and then you can move forward and become everything that you hope for.